that right now? Remember? And we used to have instructions and we had a gym teacher in the middle, remember? And we'd say what to do. So we're going to have fun, okay? And there's church, you know, when we're, we are the church, but when we come to church, do you know he wants to have fun with you in praise and worship? And he wants to have fun with you in praise and worship. And do you know Jesus loves when you sing to him? And he loves when you dance before him? Not because of people watching. And do you know how much he smiles when he sees Daniel going, I love you, Jesus. And I'm going to jump and spin because I love you. And you know what Jesus does? He goes, yes, yes. And he jumps and spins over, over you. And he's like, yo, Jonathan, you're worshiping me. Moses, I call him Moses. He's always been my Moses because I said I was going to kidnap him and give him back when he was three. So forget about moms and dads and everybody, okay? In fact, moms and dads, I'm going to ask you to come up too and you make your own circle over here. Let's, guys, let's come over here. Slide down towards me, the kids. All adults, all adults, nobody's excluded. Everybody that's left standing out here, if you're able to. All right, make your own. That way there's no eye on anybody, amen? This is you and the King of Kings. Rich, you can come up. Nobody's excluded. PT, come on up. Okay, ready? So I want you to have fun. And I want you... Hold my arm. There we go. We're going to start spinning around, amen? And let's picture Jesus. Mariah, Mariah, hold hands with everybody. David, hold hands. Now... Can you sashay? God, why are you waiting for me, adults? Start having fun. Go in a circle. Now, remember Jesus? Jesus loves when we celebrate. Okay, I want you to 
Picture Jesus literally on the inside. He lives in me, right? Picture Jesus on the inside. And even though this seems totally, it may seem totally ridiculous, this is being orchestrated by the Lord. So for whatever reason, he's wanting us to kind of, he's shaking our cages a little bit in what we think, in tradition maybe. But he wants us to have fun. So, for whatever it is, picture Jesus. And you picture looking into Jesus' eyes as you're going around. Okay? Now, hmm, maybe this is too big of a circle. Let's split it in half. Then, break hands. All right, there you go. All right. Now picture Jesus, and for whatever reason, he's in the center. Jesus. Go ahead and spin. Jesus. 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 Jesus, 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 be careful, joy might start coming up. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Okay. Now, why did we do that? So why did we do that? Is that something that you normally do in church? See, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I didn't know my Jesus to be staunchy. Jesus is alive. He's fully alive and expressive. And he wants to have fun and he wants expression. He wants movement. He wants us to stir up the wells of salvation and the river of living water. Amen? Amen. So, you know, Let's be that expression, too, in our homes. Let's be alive. We come alive with every other thing, right? Do we come alive with maybe our kids, the things that they're involved in, our work, sports? Let's come alive in Jesus. Amen? Amen. You can go back to your seats. Hallelujah. Yeah, we give you praise, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for freedom. You know, when there is a battle, the worshipers would go out and circle 
like the walls of Jericho. They sent the worshipers out. They circled and marched around the walls of Jericho. How many times? Seven times. Yeah. In unison. I don't know, just saying. God likes to do things that we're not used to. He likes to mess with our box from time to time. And it's good. Well, if you really assess it in simplicity, Jesus said, unless you become as one of these, you'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. Through it all. <laughs> Praise God. God is good. Thank you, Pastor Carrie. Children, thank you for cooperating. And adults, thank you for cooperating. Yeah, hallelujah. Give yourselves a hand clap. It's all right. I was reading uh, a book by E.W. Kenyon on what happened from the cross to the throne, or the cross to the grave, rather, or the cross to the resurrection, I'm sorry, from the cross to the resurrection. And E.W. Kenyon, uh, he really had a revelatory writing skill. He wrote things that were out of the box, and because it was out of the box by some, he was considered to be erroneous in some of his teaching and all that. But he, even as he was sharing in the book, and it's a book, it doesn't, it's not superior to the Bible, amen? But when we pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, and the God gives it, we're able to see things in Scripture that we normally couldn't. Right? Yeah. I mean, we have the great God, God revelation to Peter, particularly in Matthew 16. Who do you say that I am? He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus commends him. He said, flesh and blessed. First of all, he says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Wouldn't it be nice to hear the Lord's voice say to you, blessed are you and call you by name. For flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Well, we should hear it more often. 
And I want to say this, that in Romans chapter 8, it says that the, all creation right now, and from that point of his ascension, and because of the word of God that's been prophesied, and the church that Jesus is coming back for. So you and I need to have a resolve. You're saved and we're born again, and that's, that's awesome. Amen? Amen? That's not only good, that's great to be saved and born again, born of him, to be washed in his blood. But even the scripture reveals that there will be those who enter heaven, some as just by fire. That they would have given their heart to the Lord, but really didn't give their entire life to God. And as a result, the world controlled them and helped to make their decisions rather than the word of God. I'm not saying natural knowledge isn't good. It has a place. Amen. Common knowledge has relevance and uh, it helps the commerce here in your life. It helps you function as a human being. As a, but you're, you're not human beings. You are spirit beings having a human experience. Well, hallelujah, I'll say that again. You are a spirit being having a human experience. You're not a human having a spiritual experience. Hallelujah. That's good. And sometimes we lose sight of it. I am an eternal species as you are and all men and women are. Carol and I went and saw the um, unplanned the other day, this week. And I don't know if it's still out in theaters, but this coming Wednesday, it's a, a pure flicks production. I can't say entertainment. A pure flicks production. So it's Christian based. But it covers the, the story of a woman that was high up in Planned Parenthood and ended up having an experience that pushed her over the line. And she, she was a Christian, but very shallow one. So shallow that the truth of Scripture was blinded. It was like a veil over her, her mind until a certain point. But I want to say this. I would take teenagers to it. I would take every teenager to it, a young person, because they need to see. And I tell you what, if you don't, if we don't, if we don't help our children and prepare them for what they're, this world that they're in, this darker world, guess what? The world will teach them and their peers will teach them. We cannot be afraid to have sexual education and things like that, uh, for our teenagers. They need it now. Amen? But there's also another movie coming out on Tuesday. And I think it's out for a couple of days. It's Noah. It's the actual play from Sight and Sound that's going to be in movie theaters. So if you want to take your family to something that's really awesome and edifying, say edifying. <laughs> but I'm planned to, uh, I, and I just, I'm sharing that with you. Because to me, it was like a wake-up call again, because there's different verses. It is, abortion is probably one of the most pre prevalent disasters that ever hit our nation. It is the sin of Molech, 
It is offering, literally in the spirit realm, it is offering children to Satan. Now, people do it out of ignorance. I'm not saying people do that consciously. But God's grace forgives anyone and everyone who may have had an abortion, both male and female. Amen? So for, uh, we need the blood that's crying out. Listen, we have it in Scripture. It's so clear. And yet the church is almost in, 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 disconnected from it. It's like oh, we know what's happening around us, and yet we're silent. That can't be. In the book of Genesis, after Cain killed Abel, God said his blood cries out to me from the ground. His blood. Let me say this. The life is in the blood. It says in Ezekiel. Cain, Abel's blood that went into the ground cried out before God for vengeance and for justice. I don't know the full amount of abortions that America is guilty of. And I say America. But that innocent blood that has been shed in our nation. God requires an account of it. And the judgments that have come in the different places. And in Texas particularly. It was prophesied two years before it occurred. Katrina through the southern parts of the United States. Katrina means cleansing. It was a disaster. But you know what? It was a judgment of God. And you can pray all you want and prophesy all you want to hinder some storms. And some storms we will not see averted. When Sandy was coming up this way, it was, it was determined by radar that it was going to hit our area and have an impact here. Amen. Listen, I tell you what, stay alert in the spirit, beloved. Stay alert. We're not playing church. We are the church and we are we are citizens of heaven. We are kings and priests unto God. And it's not a title. It's a job description. We have a place to take in prayer and in declaration and in study and being disciples of Jesus like we have never known before. And God wants to raise the bar to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants you and I to be inspired, to be empowered, and to realize, to come to a knowledge of who we are because of whose we are. The price he paid for you and I to rule and reign in life through Jesus Christ, but in him as well. Hallelujah. I said good news. I see a church. I see a church rising up. Of men and women and young people. Who have a backbone because they have the heart of God. And they have a voice of God. You and I are called to be God's voice in the earth. Hallelujah. To make his praise glorious. Hallelujah. Come on, Jane. We are called to make his praise glorious. How do we do that? Through our words and our actions, beloved. That's how his praise is made known. Hallelujah. By you living the life and talking the talk. Walking the walk. Not just talking the talk. Walking the walk. Hallelujah. 
So let your light shine before all men that my Father's glorified in you, says God. Let my light shine in you. How does his light shine in us? The entrance of his word gives light. It is the knowledge that you and I have of the word of God. And then the radiance of the Holy Ghost pouring forth through us. In us and through us. Hallelujah. It's by you and I living a crucified life. And I'll tell you what. The cross is coming back into our language. The cross is coming back because Jesus said, take up your cross. He didn't say, play games with this. I'm going to exchange one means of religion for another. I'm not going to do that. I'm not just going to, you know, I'm just going to take you out of one religion and bring you to another. It was never the, the intent of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was to come to make a way for you and I to be reconnected to the Father. Then to, have be the, to be the habitation of God in the Spirit. That's what this church is called to be and his whole church is called to be. A habitation of God in the spirit. Hallelujah. So we, when we come together, it's not about just keeping our duty. Bless God. We've been delivered from the law. But we've been born into something that's so much greater. Hallelujah. Everybody loves the grace of God. Hallelujah. And I do. We all should love the grace of God. But I want to tell you something in the Bible. If you read the Bible, you read your Bible. Grace has a greater responsibility. Grace has a higher calling than the law ever had. Hallelujah. And guess what? We didn't deserve it. But bless God, we're called to be it. And empowered. Jesus said, listen, guys, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. You're not alone in this. There's a love. I want to ask you a question. If you believe the word of God, you're such a word person this morning. Do you really believe that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the spirit has been given to you? And if so, measure yourself. Where is the love of God? How great is the love of God in our hearts? Well, we know potentially we, have, we can love just the same way Jesus does. But you and I can only love in the capacity of revelation knowledge, not just facts. Facts don't get love across, beloved. When I said I do to marry Carol, I did it by, because it was the tradition. Come on, I'm preaching better than you, you're shouting. I said, I do. I, I, I do vow to give myself to her for my, my entire life until death do us part. It was because it was the ritual. But it, did I really do it in my heart? Because I had another God that was superior to that. Another dream. My dream was not a, a house with picket fence and a wife there with an apron on and cooking and baking and, you know, getting, kissing the kids on the head and, you know, lily gagging, doing those kind of things that Carrie did up here. That was Carol's dream. Wasn't my dream, but we got married. And Amos says, unless two agree, how can they walk together? Come on, somebody preach at me. So our marriage was under great tension for years until the Lord came into my life and he began to set things in order. This is a year of divine order. I'm going to say something, church. I I love you so much and we love you so much, but I'm going to tell you something. God wants to straighten us out. And he wants to take the slack out of our line because we're drifting too much and we're playing with too much. We have too many opinions in this house that are not biblically based. And even some of them are biblically based, but they're erroneous because they're not in context. 
and they're not congruent with other scripture. And I'm not saying you're here to be a blind sheep. You're to be here to, you are, you are the greatest species on the planet here. Hallelujah. There's no other species like you and I. God created all the, all the animals, all the species in the earth. This may be the message, bless God. My Lord Jesus, no greater hour have you and I been, is there than the hour you and I have been given dominion in. Listen, I'll tell you what. The altars, this is an altar. I know that it's nice to have the kneelers and all that stuff so you can have a nice soft place to kneel and, and to go before God at different times. But where are the altars? Where is the presence of God that comes into a place and invades? I'll tell you what, good news needs it. We all need it. I need it, bless God. I want my heart broken at times with the things that break his. How indifferent are we? We can have apostles come in, prophets come in, evangelists come through here, pastors, other pastors, and teachers come in this house to help build you up and equip you. But what are we doing with what we're equipped with? Are we taking this thing serious? Do you take your Christianity serious? The price that Jesus paid so that you and I could be saved. Hallelujah. Made children of the most high God. Holy ones. Ex- My God, do we realize who we are because of whose we are. We said it last week. And Peter, Peter said, you are a holy nation. My God, do you understand? You are already holy. And all hell is going to war against your soul to try to get you to not be. And to you to be a repeat, to continue on in the things that you were once prisoner to. Whom the sun sets free. Glory to God. Hell isn't a bad word for our kids to hear. It's in the Bible. Come on. Amen. Heaven's in the Bible. That's where I want to go. Who wants to go to heaven? Well, don't go to heaven. Don't go to heaven. As it were by fire. When you are received into heaven. You and I have to make a choice. And I began to talk about this in Romans chapter 8. And you can, you can do the look up. Do the research of what I'm saying. In Romans 8 it says creation. All of creation is groaning for the sons of God. Male and female. To come forth into the earth. To be that light. To be the salt. That he has designed you and I to be. I'm going to say this. He's called you and I to be influencers in society. But he's called us to first be the great light in our home. And to change the climates of our homes. To change the climate of your neighborhood. God's given you assignment. If you have real estate, you have authority in that town. You have authority in that city. Wherever you are. Because of property. Hallelujah. And I, man, when I first heard this, I was like out, coming out of my out of my. Not bridges. <laughs> I was coming undone. I didn't realize that the property you own isn't just the ground. It's the airspace that goes up from your property. The first time I heard that, I said, really? 
Is that legal? Is that how this thing works? And that's how it works. That's why I was thrilled that this property here is property one, parcel one. Parcel two is from the end of the parking lot behind this wall. And it goes down all the way down to the train tracks. It might be 30, 40 feet wide. And it's, of course, that's where all the utilities run. But guess what? Guess who owns that ground? Good news does. So that, you know what that means? That from Shreve Avenue to Atlantic Avenue, there is a light source going up into the heavens, into the spirit. Hallelujah. It's saying God owns this property. I mean, he owns everything. But this has been reclaimed for his glory. Hallelujah. Light be. Than light was. Hallelujah. This ground that once served darkness is now serving light. Your home is that once served darkness is now serving light because of your residence. Hallelujah. Listen, I'll tell you what. That, that river thing, dance in the river. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah, praise God. Father, we praise you. We love you. Thank you for the price you paid for our souls to be saved. Thank you, Holy One. Thank you. You took our place, Jesus. We're going to get to that. I think. We love you. And Lord, we thank you for the for every spirit being in this place. From every age group that, Lord, you so have such a great plan for us. Plans of peace and not evil to give us a future. And a, an expected end. Let your light so shine in us, God, and through us. We're praying. Father, I pray that you would grace us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That you will take us higher. Unfold the things of Scripture, the truth of Scripture. Truth and its knowledge. Not just truthful facts that we can quote. But God, that we would have and be those diligent studiers of the word, prayers and seekers of truth, gleaning and as the Bereans did when they heard the good news of Jesus Christ. The Bereans said, come, let us study the scriptures to see if these things are so. That we too, everyone in this house, because we are spirit beings created in the image and likeness of almighty God. And now have the indwelling teacher, the Lord of the Lord Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, living on the inside to teach us and guide us and lead us into all truth. Holy Spirit, forgive our shallowness. Forgive our arrogance and forgive our pride of what we know. Lord, it's only by your grace we know anything. It's by your grace that we're saved through faith. 
Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for your holy blood, Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, restore to us the joy of our salvation, but restore to us the reverential awe, the fear of the Lord. Lord, that your love that has been shed abroad truly in us would not be compromised or hidden or limited by our opinions, by our criticisms, through judging others that keeps your love locked up in a prison. Would you give us your eyes to see society, even to see our family, the unsaved loved ones? Would you give us ears to hear their cry, the cry of their heart that is silent verbally, but screaming in their deepest parts? I sense the Holy Spirit right now, guys. And the Lord says this, that if you will consecrate yourself to me in the beauty of truth, of holiness. You've heard much about my gifts being used in my church and through my church, that if you will give yourself to me, I will begin to flow in you with the gifts of the Spirit to hear those cries that are not audible in the natural. But I empower you to perceive and to hear through my gifts the heart cry of others. And I will also give you a solution for that individual. Hallelujah. I'm not going to add to it. Wow. Who wants to be used by God that way? Stand here for you, please. Holy One, we love you. Lift your hands unto the Lord. Father, we praise you and we worship you. those whose hearts are purify our hearts first of all if you have unforgiveness in your heart this morning release it right now do not play with the holy things of God do not poise yourself in an Ananias and Sapphira type of way for them finances and lie into the Holy Ghost don't lie to the Holy Ghost today 
beloved, I sense. Mariah, stop talking, please. Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. I believe your word says to believe in the Lord our God and we will be established. Second Chronicles 2020. And your word also says to believe your prophets and we will prosper. Holy Spirit, grant it now. To, To those who are, as we reach up to you, say, use us, Lord. Just ask him to use you. Use me, Lord. God, guys, articulate it. Yeah, ask him softly between you and him. Use me, Lord. I want to be that blessing to others. I want to be one of your servants and your vessels, your yielded yet humble vessels to communicate the things that are hidden so they will know they have experienced the supernatural Christ. I want to be used by you. And we want to be used by you, Lord. We believe we receive in Jesus' holy name. Yeah, let's just pray in the Spirit. On the children, if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Spirit. Everybody just praying in the Spirit. Yielded vessels. God talk God. is what the scripture says about tongues. God talk God. Spirit talk Father. Mostanda. Nian bongostanda bastea tadas dotos dende de vestia sakoto selekete. Pratosukite la manda lodos de rabatia tarakai. Kenemes de amandos dos dos de rabasta de vestia salogos de la mantra naya selekete. If you're baptized in the Spirit, please pray in tongues. There's a water course as you're praying in tongues. Of the anointing. As you connect with what has been brought forth by the Holy Ghost. There's a continuity. Yes. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name forever. Blessed be your name forever. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are called, you are anointed, and you are appointed. Pratasa de Ketera, Boston de la Vistia, Salamenda Linea. 
John 15, 16, Jesus said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit. And that your fruit remain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There should be such a joy that rising up in our hearts that we have been chosen and anointed and appointed. Hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, Jesus. Unchosen and appointed. You are chosen and you are appointed. You are chosen and you are appointed. You are chosen and you are appointed. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Every one of us has been called and appointed. Every single one of us. Once we were born again, once we were saved, you've been commissioned. Every one of us has been commissioned. And every single one of us must give account for the life that we live. It is not enough just to be saved. To be just washed in the blood. No, every single one of us will stand face to face with God Almighty. And we must give account for our life. The life that we lived and every word spoken, every attitude of our heart, every motive, we have to give account. Every single one of us were given the same commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And you think, you say, oh, that's just for missionaries. No, it's not. Every single one of us has a sphere of influence around us and we are all called. And it doesn't happen when you turn into an adult. It happens the moment you receive Christ. So if you're five years old and you receive Christ, guess what? You just got a commission to go preach the gospel. In any way and every way that God leads you. Every single one of us has a voice. And we are, as we draw closer to God every single day, we are to be using our life for him. And, And it looks different for all of us. Because he made each one of us different. So the way he uses one of us to fulfill the gospel is different than he will use others. But we all still give account for how we lived our life and what we did with our life. Did we live it with purpose? Did we live as David did, a man who was after God's heart? Are we a son and a daughter who is after his heart? Do we live our life in holiness because he said, be holy as I am holy? Do we live in the fear of the Lord? You know what that means? You are so aware of his presence and his knowing of everything that you do and every word that you speak and even the very attitudes and motives of your heart that you don't want to displease him in any way. And you are so quick, so quick to do the right thing because to do the wrong thing is to, is to grieve him. The fear of the Lord is, it's not fear. It, Pastor said it, that reverential awe, knowing that God Almighty is right there. He is right there. He's witnessing and listening to everything. And his heart is, is pulling and drawing and, and so hopeful that you will do the right thing, that you will listen to the Holy Spirit and you will follow him in that moment. 
that we will follow him. That whatever he speaks, we'll respond to it. That we won't allow the enemy or the world to to do anything to come in. We won't listen to the world. We won't listen to the enemy that is right there in your ear too. But that our heart will be so turned towards him that all we can hear is him. How do you think Jesus was without sin? He never forgot that God, his father, was right there with him every moment, every second, strengthening him, cheering him on, standing with him. And all he had to do, he said, I only do what I see my father do. And I only say what I hear my father say. How do we know that? How do we know what he's saying? How do we know what he's doing? If we are not, if we are not so um, conscious of his very presence, if we're not listening, if we're not looking, if we are not hanging on his every breath, you may remember a song that we've sang years ago. And it said, basically, every time he turns his face, every time he moves his eyes, You're right there with him. Right there with him. You're not missing a blink. You're not missing a beat of his heart. You're not missing the very breath, a whisper. How on earth do we do that? We've got to stay in close communion with him. We have got to stay so close to God, praying in the spirit at all times, singing and making melody in our hearts. See, all of the instructions are in the word. Coming boldly before the throne of grace and obtaining mercy when you make a mistake. Being quick to come back to him. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. You're right, Father. That wasn't that wasn't right. I repent. The moment that it occurs, if you know you're not supposed to be doing something, well then stop. Amen. It's really that simple. Or get help. Or get help. Hallelujah. It's okay. The Bible says to humble ourselves before him. In the book of James, listen, the spirit of God has this too. You may be seated. The spirit of God has this stirring in our hearts to incorporate small groups and places uh, where where it's spread out and, and being able to meet together as the church of the Lord Jesus. In the book of James, it says, confess your sins to one another that you might be healed. There's a time and a place to confess sins that we're facing. It takes a humbling of ourselves And what does sin mean? Missing the mark. Amen. Sometimes our healing is directly connected to the confession of a sin that we've kept hidden. Hallelujah. Wow. Pastor's sin can be different. What is sin to one person is, is, may not be sin to another. Because once you know the truth, now you're responsible for the truth. 
And if that person doesn't have the truth, to them, they don't, they don't know that they're in sin. But if you have got a hold of something and you know that it is wrong, then to you it is sin. Or to not be doing the thing you should be doing. Listen, even my five-year-old who accidentally spent $75 of our money, real money. <laughs> yes, on, on the, on the, online, he accidentally... He, he accidentally, uh, innocently. He watched Daddy do something. It wasn't something, accidentally. He, and he copied. He chose to... Well... He understood how to use... <laughs> yeah. Mm. He watched Daddy on, do Mama. it. And then when Daddy and I walked away, he copied. So, a few times. Beep, 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 beep. So, shame on us because we didn't have um, protection like we thought we did to stop him from doing it. But he immediately cried when he understood what he had just done. Okay, so there was, there was instant remorse. <laughs> but he later said to me, he said, well, he said, I, I didn't know I was, it was real money. He thought it was just, you know, game money. It was like not, you know, it was free, but it was in the game. He didn't realize he was actually spending real money. And then later, after he stopped crying and everything, he said he didn't know, but he kind of knew he shouldn't do it. Even though he didn't know it was real money, he still had a check on the inside that said, you really shouldn't push that button. He said that to you. He told me that. Yes. And so, listen. Amen, adults. It was a mistake. Amen, it was adults. A to- it was a complete mistake. Yes. But he still admitted, you know what? I, I kind of knew I shouldn't do it. Mm. Didn't know what he was doing, but he still knew he shouldn't do what he didn't know he was doing. And so we had a nice talk about that. Wow. But, but in, in the innocence of, hey, mistakes happen. Yeah. You don't listen to the little voice on the inside that says, no, no, you really shouldn't do that. We don't listen. And then it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Wow. You know, something that um, a minister said years ago that was a realization to me is... My life and commitment to the Lord and walking humbly and, and right before him. It is not just about my life and how it affects me. My life and my choices, just like every person in the Bible, their life and their choices and how they walked before the Lord affected a lot of other people. And your life, you think that your choices and your decisions and just that little, mm, I know my heart's not right, but it's all right. I'm going to justify it because they did this and they did this and they did this. So I'm going to justify how I know I shouldn't be feeling or acting or my attitude right now. You have no idea who that affects. Because believe it or not, people watch you. People listen to your life. They listen to your words. You have greater influence than you realize. You think, no, nobody pays attention to me. Uh Uh-huh, yes, they do. Somebody does. Somebody does. And the way you live your life and the way that you either do or do not follow after the Lord and everything that he has for you, it affects other people. That's right. 
It's true. Right, right now, kids, I'm not calling you out, but I am calling you out, okay? So hear me for a second. You guys are kind of goofing off and talking to each other. And I know you think that's harmless, but what God is saying is for you too, because he wants your life to count. He wants your life to matter because Jonathan and Mariah and David, there are kids around you in your schools that need Jesus and they may never see Jesus except through your life. And that's a harsh reality, but it's true. Listen, I got at six years old, the, the reality of heaven and hell became so real to me. And I thought there is no way I am ever going to go to a place like hell. I don't care what I have to do. That was my attitude at six years old. Whatever I have to do, I am never, ever, ever going to, going to go down that path. So I made a decision at six. That's it. God, whatever you want me to do, whatever it is that I'm supposed to do to stay on that narrow path, that's what I'm going to do. And no matter what is thrown, was thrown at me my whole life, I remembered wide is the path, the road that leads to destruction. Guess what the majority of the world is on? The path of destruction. It leads to death and hell. But narrow is the path that leads to life. And you know what? If you have to fight tooth and nail to stay on the narrow path, it's worth do the fight. it. It is worth it. Yeah. It is worth it because our lives count. They matter. And only few, only few will stay on that path. But let it be you. Let it be let it your be you. life Amen. that counts, that Pastor matters, Tim. that stays the course. Let it be your life and let your life be the word of God, be Jesus that people see, that people can follow after and find that narrow path of life to heaven. Your lives count, all of them, all of them. Even a two-year-old can have an influence. John the Baptist had it before he was born. Every life counts and every life can be used to impact another life for Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we're all accountable. Amen. We're all accountable to the word of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. God is good. Amen. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Let's be as, let's, I know God is faithful and none of us can be as good as God, right? He's, he's perfect. We can strive for perfection through Christ, but let's try to be as faithful to him as he is to us. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many are ready to give? We're going to give our, uh, we're going to give our tithe and offering. There's some in the back right now. So we're going to give our tithe and offering right now to the Lord and continue in worship. Hallelujah. Okay, thanks, Brian. I did miss that. Thanks, buddy. Um, if you would, if you would just, uh, your neighbor, somebody that you're next to, if you didn't come with, if you would just say, greet them, say hello, bless them in the name of the Lord. Amen. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> I know, he's been waiting. Hallelujah. 
Ushers, you can serve the people with the envelopes. Um, the announcements. Shkibim. Uh, I have, I have my, Timmy, on the table, the announcements. That's right there. Can you grab me an announcement? That's okay. Thank you. Just, just one. This is the only time you can run. Thank you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So just a, a few things to touch on. If you did not receive an announcement, um, they're right on the back table right here before you walk out of the sanctuary on the right-hand side. We have men's fellowship coming up. We have the Holy Ghost forums coming up. They can... Men's, fe men's fellowship is April 13th. When is that, fellas? Next Saturday. Thank you. That's next Saturday at 10 a.m. Um, again, so when, we, when we're doing the announcements, we're, we're just asking that you would uh, be responsible to look and to pen down all the dates that you see on here to, to, so you can have in front of you, okay? So we have the Men's Fellowship Holy Ghost Forums coming up, Marriage on the Rock next month coming up. But there's something else that we're, we are having this year Everyone, if you're with me, Good Friday service. Let's go. Good Friday service. We're going to have a, a, an hour service Friday evening, and that's Good Friday, which is April 19th, and that's 6.30 to 7.30. Amen? That's not replacing Sunday morning. This is a time of, of worship that we're designating to be able to come together on Good Friday. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ushers, um, you pass out the envelopes. Everyone, uh, if you're ready to give, if you would stand, we're going to have our declaration of faith. Amen. Praise God. Everyone with me. This is my tithe. It will do what I say it will do because God wills. The windows of heaven open over me and my house, and such blessings have been released. I don't have adequate room to contain them all. I am the seed of Abraham, and the oath of God swore to him is my inheritance. Therefore, I release my tithe and offerings into the fertile soil of Good News Family Worship Center. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We shout for joy. For our God watches over his word to perform it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is, is vital. Vital to our souls. Vital to our spirit. Our heart. And Father God, we fully trust you. That you have all of our needs taken care of. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Ushers, you can receive the giving. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Um, Timotheus, come here for a minute, please. 
Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you would just close your eyes and just begin to worship the Lord. Amen. Just worship Him. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you this morning. We worship you, Jesus. Jesus, you are so worthy, you are so holy. Thank you, Lord, for saving us, for redeeming us. Thank you, Jesus, that your vision of mankind, your love for mankind was so, so precious so pure that Lord you are willing to give yourself up for all of us I thank you Lord God for loving us that you've called us Jesus we worship you this morning God, we want to just pour our hearts before you, give you everything that's within us. We thank you, Lord God, that this may seem traditional, that this is a time set aside to be able to come together. But Lord God, every time that we come together, we ask you that you would just change our hearts. Soften our hearts, Lord God. To receive from you. That we come before you with pure hearts. Anticipation, Lord. An encounter with you every time we come together. Jesus, this is all about you. We were created to fellowship, to worship with our God. I thank you, Father God, that you gave us a way to be able to come before you, and that's through Jesus, through his blood. Father God, I thank you right now as we're about to receive communion. That God, that we are your sons, your daughters. You've created us for intimate intimacy. To be able to fellowship with. To be able to dine with. To be able to speak to. To be able to, to have fun with. To be able to just have your as your very own. That individually, that we have a personal relationship with you, God. Father God, as we're here this morning, we just thank you. We thank you, God, that you're so good to us. And that you have made a way for us to come to you. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, this is what we're all what we're here for. Amen. We're here to understand how much God loves us. We're here to understand that that God wants a personal relationship with every one of us. Amen. And if we're not having a personal relationship with the Lord like we need to, this is a place where we're going to understand that God is looking for that personal relationship. How does God do how do how does that happen? God allows us to be able to let you know to let you know he's wanting your heart. He's wanting your intimacy. Amen. You can bring the communion elements up. Glory to God. We're about to receive the communion uh, uh, this morning. We do this every first Sunday of the month, right? And this is always to keep in perspective. It's always to keep in perspective our relationship with Him. It's sometimes it can be so hard and. Life can be monotonous and there's so many things that we're so busy with, but sometimes we need this reality check. Amen. We need to be brought back in, brought back into perspective. This is what we're here for. We're here to live for Christ, for our Heavenly Father, for the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're here to have fellowship with Him. Amen? And if I could say it this way, God made this so easy for us, and that's to simply come to Him through the blood of Jesus. So as we're receiving the communion this morning, thank Him for fellowship. Thank Him for intimacy. Thank Him that you're his and he is yours. Amen. Hallelujah. So Lord God, as we're receiving the the communion elements this morning, we thank you, Jesus, for your body being whipped and beaten for us. That it was a punishment for for sin. Even though, Lord God, you had no sin, you gave yourself up. You said to the world, you know what? Even though that I'm walking as the son of God, even as a human being that I came to earth, that, Lord God, that, that you have come as an offering. You gave yourself up even though you didn't have sin. You gave yourself for the punishment of all mankind. You said, here I am. I'm going to take on all this punishment for the world. And being broken, humiliated, 
in front of every, every person that would come and watch this take place. And for every person that would read this history and read every detail about what had taken place, that you gave yourself for all of us. And as we're taking the bread this morning, that, Lord, that we remember what you did for us, what you did for me, Lord. And as we're taking the cup, Lord, the juice and drinking it, it's symbolic of your blood. And we thank you, Lord, that your blood was so precious. And there's so much power and meaning in your blood being poured out for us. That, Lord, that it was for the remission of our sins, the forgiveness of our sins. So, Lord God, your blood is so precious, important invaluable to us there's no value that could be placed on it so we thank you Lord God we thank you Jesus for pouring out yourself for us in Jesus name amen if you would if you come receive the elements we'll start at the first row
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the scripture says when they had finished, they went out and sang a hymn. <laughs> One of the uh, songs they would sing at Passover is, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Amen. Open your Bibles if you would. We're going to have a short excerpt of the word because uh, I hope you're paying attention because we covered a lot of word in the pouring out of honestly my heart just uh, and what Pastor Elena shared as well was Bible based scripture because of the season we're in Once again, you're here because you love God, but be here as well to expect an equipping from the Holy Spirit to make you an I, but particularly to make you a more able witness of the Christ. And the gospel. Amen? What did Jesus say in Acts 1.8? He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be, you will be, as a result of that power, my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You shall receive power. Dunamis supernatural, miraculous capability and ability, hallelujah, to be a witness that we never dreamed of. Amen? Amen? Those of you who are here, preach at me. So, I hope you heard the heart of God through my vessel this morning. And I'm only a vessel but deep calleth unto deep, and I just sense the Spirit of God, that that outpouring, and it, is it a little strong? Yes, but it's, it's never designed or intended to be offensive, but it's like calling the army of God to alert. But this is something you can, you may already know it, and it may be something you recall. But God wants it to be more than just a recollection. He wants it to be an ever-present reality, uh, part of the tools that he's equipped you and I with in communication and being that witness unto Jesus. Christianity stands or falls on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without the resurrection, Christianity doesn't have anything to stand on. Amen. And I'm not going to get deep into it today because we've had a lot already. 
but no other religious leader in all of history has fulfilled over 300 prophecies regarding the promised Messiah in the Old Testament, the prophets, the law and the prophets, none but Jesus of Nazareth. The 300 prophecies regarding the Messiah, I was reading something, and you can Google search this. There was a, uh, there's a Christian leader and teacher who was a, a prof in college. And his intent, similarly to the case for Christ, the guy that was a, an, an, uh, he was an atheist, and he set out to disprove the reality of Christianity. And he went on this quest to gather resources and material to disprove Christianity and, of course, the resurrection of Jesus. And by the end of his journey, he could come to no other conclusion that Jesus Christ is uh, the Savior of the world, that truly there was a resurrection, and he is the resurrection and the life. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you'll do your research, you can come up with no other conclusion. And I was reading uh, this week, I, I, I just delved into it, like, because Josh McDowell has books out called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And again, it'd be a blessing to your library. It's really thrilling to, to read it and to see it and to see some of the facts that he has presented. But there, this gentleman that... There was a movie out called The Case for Christ, and it was a documentary on the story of the man who tried to disprove it and how he came to faith. <laughs> Born again. Hallelujah. And he took, now, say 300 prophecies. In Josh's book, and I've been trying to find it. I'll have to get the book out. I'm going to have to read it again to get this fact. But the possibilities of any human being giving 10 prophecies, 10, and one of them coming to pass was like one in a, a billion trillion or a trillion or something. For one of them to accurately come to pass, the possibilities and the numbers, this wasn't a Christian stat. It was a scientific statistic based on information. Amen? And... The, what the research I was doing was particularly they took eight messianic prophecies and the probability for one man, one entity, one person to fulfill eight messianic prophecies was 10 to the 27th power. So it goes way past trillions. Are you listening? Who, who do we put our faith and trust in? Jesus, who fulfilled 300 prophecies. Amen? Now, to me, that kind of like puts a, a smile on my face and joy in my heart. Like, yo, dude, this isn't religion. This is a miraculous intervention of God touching earth. Amen? So those prophecies include his miracle birth, the ministry of the Messiah, his betrayal, his suffering, his crucifixion, his death, his burial, his resurrection from the dead, 
and his ascension to heaven. Hallelujah. That's pretty good proof. Amen. That, 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 that's amazing to me. It covers every aspect of his life. No other religion in the world can make that claim. <laughs> I said, hallelujah. No other religion on the planet can make that claim. Now, I've said this in time past, but I encourage you to take hold of it and utilize this because it helps people to comprehend and connect. I, I heard, for matter of fact, I probably said it and believed it for years that if God is fair and God is just, if he's a just God, he's got to love all religions and all the people of the earth. Well, of course he loves all the people, the humanity. Amen. He doesn't love all the religions. He has compassion for the people in religions. Amen. He died. He sent Jesus to die for them. But you've all seen it. The bumper stickers coexist. Oh, <laughs> peace. <laughs> coexist with one another. Every, all roads lead to heaven. It's all the same God. And listen, Christians are bowing into this. All roads lead to heaven. You know, they all worship the same God. They got his name mixed up. Mm -mm. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but by me. That's the message you and I are responsible to carry. Amen? So, <clears throat> I, I've come to this place of communicating with people because a lot of people still, they're in this because they're in darkness. They, they can't, they're trying to rationalize God. And they're trying to understand how can there be so many religions in a world and if God's fair, how can he judge them? And this is the way the Holy Spirit gave it to me to communicate. And it's just as simple, guys. And if you, you can take this, you can take ownership of this and, and have it as part of your arsenal communicating with people. Should God open the door of people with that kind of mindset or in their questionings? Religion globally, regardless of its expression, if it's sincere, is that culture, that is mankind's um, attempt to connect to a creator. Some call, you know, Buddha was a, a, a re, he was a real figure. He was a monk, amen? Highly respected because they believed that he had a connection with a deity, with the deity, right? We have Muhammad that is deemed to be a greater prophet than even Jesus for Islam. Amen? It's another expression, a very powerful religion in the earth. It wants dominance over Christianity. So religion globally is mankind's sincere attempt to connect to a creator. Christianity is totally, totally different. It is Christ, God reaching man through his son. Say God reaching man 
through his son. So that's the message you and I have to carry. Jesus. And that's why, listen, sometimes we did it humorously. I grew up Roman Catholic, and we were taught, I mean, with, with the sacraments, altar boy, the whole deal. Amen? With a, a real sensitivity to, of reverence towards God and towards the priesthood and different things. Amen? Some of you did too. <clears throat> I grew up with a great reverence, but yet didn't know God. Amen? I didn't know him. And I forget why I was saying that, so I'm just going to move on. No other religion in the world can make that claim. I'm going to repeat it. Religion globally, if sincere, is mankind's attempt to connect with their creator. But Jesus is God reaching man. That is the good news that God's people have to share with a lost and dying world. Say this with me. Man is incapable of saving himself. So God intervened and sent Jesus to take our punishment on himself. Well, we're going to have one portion of scripture today. John chapter 3, verses 10 to 17. The early part of John chapter 3, and this is all going to point in the next couple of weeks to the, the absolute propundity of Scripture and what has been entrusted and revealed by the Spirit of God through his prophets and through the Lord Jesus himself and his disciples. But in John chapter 3, these are the words of Jesus. Picking up at verse 10, he has this encounter with Nicodemus. You're all familiar with it. But the, the stage that was set was this man, Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees who were hell-bound to see Christ silenced. But not all the Pharisees threw their lot in with that mindset. Nicodemus was one that was absolutely drawn, drawn to the Christ. He, he, he was a student of the word, and God moved on him in such a way that he, curiosity, he, he John 3, 3, and he says, unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus has the discourse. Well, how can a man enter again his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus says, I just lost it in my monitor somehow. Jesus says, Unless you are born of water and the spirit, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. Verse 5. Amen? You will not see the kingdom of God. Now, he's speaking. Guys, you have to understand the, this discourse and see the stage of it. 
Nicodemus was a well-learned man, religious figure. Next verse. Jesus says this, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. I want to say something. What we're reading here is more than just history. It's a message that you and I are to carry. I said it's a message that you and I are to carry. Unless a person is born again, they will not see the kingdom of heaven. Do you love your family? Have you told them? Have you told them? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just hitting something here. We say we love, and we love. How, how, how deeply do we love? And guys, part of the this year being the year of divine order is God bringing order back into our life and our priorities that we realize there's a heaven to receive and a hell to shun. There is a real living hell. And right now in Christendom, in the United States of America, many pulpits are teaching that hell is only a metaphor. And they're going to stand before a, a living God and give an account for their deception and for their lies. And Mary Catherine Baxter, when she was in hell, she said there was a place Jesus showed her where the ministers who had lied suffered a greater form of punishment than even the others that were in hell. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. <laughs> no, <laughs> hell don't have nothing I want. I don't want nothing in that minister's compartment. Come on. Mm -mm. So he says this, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Next verse, please. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. This is a message you and I have for family, friends, Co-workers, ask God for the time. Now's the I'm going to say the Holy Ghost said last week through my vessel and then was preached out of Bobby Jean last Sunday night. Now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. Listen, Jesus said work while it's still day because the hour is coming that no man will be able to work. Well, glory. Next verse. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. You know, we talk about one of the things, the breath of God is the ruach. Ruach. The breath of God. But... His, the Father's heart coming out of our mouth carries the ruach, the anointing, the breath of God in it. And it changes things. Amen. Next verse, please. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? And we're just going to read the rest of the passages up to 17. 
Verse 10, he said, Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the son of man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so, say even so. The son of man must be lifted up. Just like the serpent in the wilderness, the brass servant serpent. Y'all remember that? They had to fashion a bronze serpent. Now, snakes were dropped down on heaven for those who were grumbling and complaining. From heaven. Did I say on heaven? Thank you for the tweak. Correct that, please. And the only way they could get healed was to come and put their eyes upon that serpent. That was the, the way that God gave it to it. And it was a type and shadow of the son of man being lifted up on that tree. And you know what it is true? The pharmaceutical or the medical community still has that symbol. You have that snake around the pole. Amen. Wow. Say it backwards. Amen. Next verse, please. That whoever believes in Jesus should not perish but have everlasting life. Next verse, right down to 17. Here we go. Say, let's read it out loud. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. To read it again. Continue. For verse 17. I'm sorry. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. You and I are called to be the light of the earth. The light of the world. That's what Jesus said. Now's the time. And listen, I'm not trying to exalt a person, place, or thing. I'm trying to lift high the word of God this morning. Uh, each time we we're gathered, we're, we want the fame of Jesus to, be, to go forth from this place. And how does it go forth from good news? Well, in high praises, because walls don't limit and ceilings don't limit the praises of God, because there's a sound in the spirit. We're spirit beings. We're releasing a spiritual sound. Amen? Through human agency, through our vessels. But there's a sound being made. And there's a light and a story you and I need to take out. How many believe that Jesus is coming soon? Honestly. I mean, right now, we realize whew, it's not one minute before midnight. It's 30 seconds, maybe. You know, and, and ticking. We have a, we have a job to do. 
We have people to touch. Lives are hanging in the balance. And you and I are the vessels God has chosen to touch those lives. And here's where faith comes in. A, number one, believing that you are anointed, believing that you're appointed. Jesus said it, didn't he? Didn't he? You didn't choose me, but I chose you. That's what Jesus said. And I appointed you that you go and bear fruit and your fruit remain. Well, I'm going to get people saved and take them to church and give them to the pastors. Mm -mm. No, you love humanity. So God so loved the world, and you're the benefactor of that love. So now you're, because you freely you've received, freely you're going to give. I want to say this. You want to grow up? Begin to disciple somebody. Lead somebody to Christ and then take responsibility to help him. Men with men, women with women. I mean, you may lead a man to Christ, but then you want to get him hooked up with a brother in the Lord. Amen? You don't want to have wrong scenarios going on or possibilities. Avoid the appearance of evil. But you are his light, church. We are it's such. We are believing Carol and I and the leadership here, and I believe the congregation here, that we're all believing now's the time. This is the season. I'll tell you what, what about Resurrection Sunday, two weeks from now? Wouldn't it be great to see people give their hearts and lives to Christ here in this place? What? Well, praise God, a couple people would like it. I would love to see people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus on that Sunday. I would love to see people get delivered from demonic strongholds. I would love to see people's names written in the Lamb's Book of Life on that Sunday. And know that corporately we're work together to see his glory come and his presence fall in this place. I began to start and, and with the exhortation, and I'll be done in a second, that the altar area is a place, it's a, it's a consecrated place. There's something about sitting where you are, and you, you have that right to get right with God. But I want to tell you something. There is something when individuals are moved by the, inspired by the Holy Ghost, and you come up without an, an altar call necessarily, and you come up and you kneel at the altar before God. There's something that is more powerful than a repentance in your seat. And I'm not saying it to be legalistic. But when his presence comes in at that level, the fruit of that type of activity 
is powerful. I'll leave you with this. We showed a video a few months back, or a few weeks back, maybe a month, a couple months. Mario Marillo, an evangelist. In the uh, 70s, Mario wrote a book called Fresh Fire. In the book, he wrote this. And please hear this. It was, it was it, it's just reality. He said in the 70s, actually it was in the early 80s he wrote the book. In the 70s, we had high-impact, low-maintenance conversions. High-impact, low-maintenance conversions. People didn't have to be babysat. But he said then we came into the 80s, and it was like we had low-impact, high-maintenance conversions. Always trying to help the people grow in the Lord, you know, this constant, you know. I want to see the high-impact, low-maintenance conversions come back. How about you? Don't be surprised because when the young people or any, regardless of the age, but God's going to move with young people, and they're going to take off like rockets because they're going to take the word, they're going to believe it like Todd White's. You have Todd White's that believed God. He was a baby in the Lord, and he saw in the Scripture, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. In my name, they'll speak with new tongues. In my name, they'll lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. In my name, they may drink things deadly, but will by no means harm them. Hallelujah. He saw that, and he began to pray for people. Why? As a baby with spiritual pampers on, he began to pray for people. Then he determined that he was going to pray for at least 10 people a day. And he did it for two years before he saw the results that would absolutely change his life and bring him into ministry. He wasn't looking for a ministry. He just believed the word. Say, believe the word. And he did it. Hallelujah. I knew one person that had a ministry for healing the deaf and had great results. But he also said this, I must have prayed for a thousand deaf people before I had one healed. Does God's word is God's word true? Amen. Yeah. Was it the was the onus of responsibility on the people who had the the need or on the person that was ministering the the need? So hallelujah! Wouldn't it be better? Let let's let's just start praying for people. Let's just start being a blessing. Take the good news to a lost and dying world, church. He is risen. Ah, well, praise God. I'm done. I'm done. Father, thank you. Thank you that you believe in your seed in us. <laughs> Thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Holy Spirit, it's able to divide soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and tents of a heart. Lord, only you know our hearts. Help our hearts get in alignment with yours so we can be that fruitful community of faith, an upper room community where your word and your spirit are supreme. In Jesus' holy name, 
Amen? Praise God. We be done. I hope you're blessed today. Apparently, God.